Hi, welcome to Tech Insights. Brian Jackson here from InfoTech Research Group. And today we are replaying one of our favorite episodes from Tech Insights. It's back from September of last year when we talked to Amber Mack, a noted keynote speaker and author and technology journalist here in Canada. And we were talking to her about screen time and managing how much time you spend staring at those glowing rectangles. And I thought it would be a good episode today because honestly, I just got back from a four-day canoe camping trip. Uh, four days when I didn't have to look at a single screen. It was sort of an amazing feeling. And, you know, coming to my work desk this morning, I'm staring up at my dual monitor display. It just seems so aggressive and sort of crazy that that's uh, my experience every day. And throughout this pandemic, I think that many of us have just gotten into that habit of spending so many hours of the day looking at screens. And it can be a really hard habit to break, even once things start opening up again and you start going out of the house a bit more. So just keep in mind that getting away from the screens and having a, a clean break is important. Uh, and you'll really appreciate Amber's tips if you have kids at home and you're worried about their screen time. So enjoy the episode. We'll be back next week on Tech Insights with brand new content. But for now, let's listen to Amber. Welcome to Tech Insights from Infotech Research Group, the podcast where our team of expert analysts cut through all the noise and focus on what really matters for technology leaders. Here we are, more than six months into the pandemic, and I've got something on my mind. COVID-19 means more staying at home, and staying at home means more screen time. What are the effects of that on our mental health? I know I feel a lot better when I've had some time to disconnect and get away from screens. I suspect you might feel the same way, but the data shows it's getting a lot harder to do just that. In Canada, the Canadian Internet Registration Authority offers up some data on screen time in the 2020 Internet Factbook. About one quarter of Canadians say they haven't gone more than eight hours without being online in the past 12 months. That's a significant increase over the previous year, when 19% said the same. In the U.S., Ipsos offers some data on American screen time during the pandemic. About 6 in 10 say they are spending more time on their phone, and 6 in 10 also say they are spending more time watching television. And 55% say they are spending more time in front of a computer screen. And that's where I am right now. I'm in front of my computer screen, and so is Amber Mack, a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and a technology journalist, also our guest today on Tech Insights. Welcome, Amber. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, I'm so glad that we have you here, but how much time are you racking up on your screen these days? <laughs> to be honest with you, after I was listening to some of the stats that you shared in that intro, I was thinking about my own screen time, and I would say that uh, it is probably closer to between 10 and 12 hours a day. It's pretty much nonstop. Yeah, it that sounds like a reasonable estimate. Uh, and I know for myself, I'm starting the day 
reading my iPad usually, and then I go to my work computer. After that, I'm sometimes watching TV, playing video games. You talk to your family on Zoom or whatever it is, but uh, everything uh, is a screen time activity these days. I even transferred my yoga from a studio, in-person studio, to being on the screen during this pandemic, of course. Um, how much screen time do you think is healthy for you, though? Well, I think that every person is different. You know, it's interesting because I often get asked this question. And a couple of years ago, I wrote a book for families that was talking about how much screen time is okay. And what I realized through my research was that there is no one answer that applies to every single person. So let's think about uh, myself as one example. So I tend to go onto screen time as a way to kind of unwind. So I'll browse Twitter, I'll read news for a lot, a lot of other people that may seem like a stressful thing to do, but that's something that I do that I enjoy in my downtime. So I guess my point is it depends what your relationship is with your screen time. If you're exhausted and you're getting headaches and it's really draining your energy, I would say that you have to be much more careful about your screen time and you have to set limits for how much time you're online. But also probably even more realistic is you have to be able to take those breaks throughout the day. Yeah, taking those breaks is so key. And, and it's true that everybody is different, especially when it comes to screen time. But spending too much time staring into a glowing rectangle has some documented negative effects. Uh, it's bad for your eyes, as every mother who's ever told their kid not to sit too close to the TV knows well. But it's also bad for your mental health. And when it comes to kids, too much screen time can even alter the course of their brain development. The Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development Study by the National Institutes of Health followed 11,000 kids from ages 9 and 10. They discovered that MRI scans showed significant differences for kids logging more than 7 hours per day of screen time. And children that logged more than 2 hours per day of screen time got lower scores on thinking and language tests. So that's pretty scary to me. And Amber, I know you're a mom. So what's your strategy for managing your child's screen time? Well, to be honest with you, as soon as uh, COVID-19 was declared a pandemic and uh, within weeks, like many kids across the country, my son started doing virtual school. I was very much uh, for virtual school and I thought, wow, this is going to be a great replacement during this time. And what I quickly realized was that uh, the virtual school experience for my son actually wasn't great for him. <laughs> I mean, there was a few different reasons. One is sitting in front of a computer for anyone, as we know, as uh, professional workers is exhausting. And two, I think, especially with kids, and like you mentioned, as far as that development, there are other things they learn at school aside from just academics. And those are those those social and interpersonal skills that become so important. So for me, even though I was pushing towards the online school experience, after doing that for a few weeks, I was pushing for getting back to school in person safely. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that now with everything being on the screen, uh, it's really hard to avoid. I mean, imagine getting your kid down to two hours a day. Uh, there's That means they can't go to school these days. So you're sort of stuck as a parent, I guess. 
You really are. And I think it's a, a struggle for a lot of parents because screen time is something for years we have been trying to manage as technology has become more prevalent in our lives. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're supposed to log onto your screen all day and meet with your teacher if you're not doing in-person school. So I think it's a really challenging situation that we're in right now. And, and I do think a, a lot of parents and guardians are really having a hard time figuring out what's going to be best for their kids. I haven't heard anyone say, oh, you know, all the screen time is great for my kids. I think the opposite is true. Even things such as physical activity, I mean, they're they're losing out on that as well. So the thing I worry the most about when it comes to all the screen time across the board, whether it's kids or families, is quite frankly just uh, a deterioration of both our mental and physical health. Yeah. Um, have you heard any good tips from other parents that you really like? I think in terms of what other parents are doing is is I think they're figuring out what is best for their child. And I think that's a, a difficult thing for a parent to decide, but I think it's really critical in this world where we are expecting kids to sit in front of a screen if they're not doing in-person school. So I think parents have to decide what's right for their kid. And if they think it's too much screen time and it's not adding any value and their child is stressed or gets headaches or, or other issues arise, I think you have to have a conversation with your kid's teacher and figure out what what your solution is going to be. But again, I think that's why parents are so stressed is that screen time can't be a one size fits all thing for every child. There's a lot of children who just quite frankly are not learning well that way. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of what you're saying is that um, everybody is different and every parent will have a different strategy for their kids and, and every individual will have a different strategy for what's healthy for them. And I think that all links back to what's your intention? Are you really intending to spend so much time on your screen? Uh, because maybe you are, so you can go to school or go to work or do your yoga session or, or talk to your family. And, and if that's your intent, I think that's okay and can even have uh, positive benefits, despite the fact your eyes might be a bit tired at the end of the day. But I think what where it goes downhill or perhaps has some more negative impact is when we're not really thinking about going on that screen. When we get drawn in by all these notifications, when we get uh, the blinking lights on all of our devices. And uh, there are a couple of tools that are available on the core operating systems that are out there on, on popular mobile devices today. Uh, just for example, Apple Screen Time has been built into iOS and iPadOS for years. Uh, so you can find it in the settings menu and it reports on how much time you spend in certain apps and how many times you've picked up your phone. You can deliver your reports on Monday morning and you can set daily limits or weekly limits per app. You can also schedule downtime where certain apps just won't work. And if you're an Android user, the Family Link app has similar features or your phone's manufacturer may also offer you a similar app. Amber, um, have you ever used any of these apps? Well, yes, definitely. And and I think one of the things they do is just give us data around how much time we're spending on certain apps and on screens in general. And, and I think you can probably agree that uh, many of us are data-driven individuals, myself included. And what I mean by that is uh, I love having data on hand to shift my habits or behavior. And I think what's great about what they've built into these operating systems for mobile devices is giving us a sense that, hey, we probably thought if we were surveyed, we were only spending 30 minutes a day on Instagram, but maybe it was an hour and a half. So we 
it gives us a more realistic relationship with the actual data that we have on hand. And I think that empowers us as individuals to make smarter decisions about how much time we spend on screen. So uh, it is a good thing that we're moving in this direction. And I suspect as more people move to remote work and more kids are doing online learning, we're just gonna start to see more and more tools that really enrich uh, the experience in terms of more time on screens. Uh, is one great example, I've seen this even with Zoom. Uh, Ariana Huffington's company Thrive has created an app that uh, is a breathing and meditation app that's built right into Zoom. So it's an app that you can integrate with that experience. So I hope that our screen time experiences become a little bit richer and a little bit uh, less focused on just staring at a screen. That makes a lot of sense to me. Integrate the break exactly where you're working and, and put it right into your workflow. Um, you know, I've never used any of these screen time apps and I, I think I know myself and a lot of people um, would would have this cognitive dissonance problem where they say, okay, that's great. I've got the data on how much screen time I'm I'm spending, but I'm not going to change my behavior as a result of it. Uh, do you think that is, is a problem that people might just say, okay, this, this app is telling me that uh, I should stop, but I'm just going to override it or ignore it. I think that is possible. And I think also what ends up happening, and this has happened to me over the years, is that there is that fear of missing out when you're not connected all the time. So I do love to read. I, I definitely love to sit down and read a book. But of course, I also have that feeling that, oh my gosh, I should check my Twitter feed or my Instagram feed to see what's going on. And so I think these apps have been designed to do exactly what they wanted them to do, which is to have an addictive quality to them that is is really quite similar to what we're seeing in slot machines and casinos, this idea that uh, we are addicted to the experience and that feeling of of wanting to see something new and fresh and 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 that's why these apps are so powerful in our lives and at the same at the same time probably so dangerous as well yeah exactly um that's the drive that that these apps create these uh, social media services these email programs they're all geared towards getting you to spend more time on them, getting you to log in more often. So keep that in mind and, and try and put some measures in place to counteract them. Personally, I, I turn off all the notifications on my device, save for like text messages and phone calls. They're allowed to notify me that, that someone's really trying to get a hold of me. Uh, do you have any tips yourself, Amber? What do you do personally to disconnect and get away from screens sometimes? I think you have, you're on the right track. This idea that um, instead of the device controlling you, you control the device. And we have to always remember that is that we are in control. So for years now, I've had everything turned off on my phone, all my notifications, just like you. So yes, I may allow some text messages from priority contacts to come in or phone calls, but I have everything else turned off. And I learned this the hard way. I was working as a, a television reporter many, many years ago in the early days of the BlackBerry. And I know you're old enough to remember that just so you know uh and uh, it was fascinating because i had my blackberry on me all the time and i always had it on vibrate well if you work in a newsroom you're getting emails every minute or two and i i definitely developed some type of anxiety disorder where i had what people were talking about a lot then which was the phantom vibrate i, I kept feeling my phone vibrating even when it wasn't near me so knew that was a problem. And from that moment on, I, I turned off all notifications. I think that could be a healthier way to have a relationship with technology where you go out to the phone when you need it instead of it always beckoning you. 
I definitely remember the BlackBerry. I had uh, the BlackBerry Curve, and uh, I've even reviewed some of these devices back when I was uh, a, a young journalist at IT World Canada. And uh, I definitely remember that iconic flashing light. I think that's what started it all, was that the light just demanded that you answer that next email in your inbox. And of course, there's always the next email in the inbox. Absolutely. And uh, once you were able to turn on the vibrate, I mean, that's just added another level of excitement to those messages coming in. And uh, yes, I I remember those days very, very well. And I think what you learn in terms of having a, a long experience with technologies, you sort of learn that the technology that we have in our lives is designed to make us use it more, but we have to make the conscious decision not to do that. Exactly. And, um, you know, these are good tips for the day-to-day management of technology. One other thing that I would recommend for our listeners uh, and something that I'm lucky enough to get to do myself is find opportunities to just go days without looking at a screen. And I know people might be thinking, are you crazy? But uh, it's possible. Uh, Several times throughout the summer, I've gone camping. I go into the back country with my canoe and my tent and I just leave my smartphone in the car. So I totally have no screen for like several days at a time. And I always feel so great after that. And I'm ready to come back to work and feeling refreshed and and able to lock in for more screen time, which I'm required to do to to do my job. Um, Amber, any other thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, I I do think, again, it's good to take those breaks from technology. So I I do at times just kind of put my phone away and make sure that I have a little bit of a mini break. So it may not be so extreme for everybody that they go camping and kind of leave their phone for days. But uh, I think if you can do it, that's wonderful. If you can't, I really do think even an hour or two at night is a good idea. You know, maybe don't leave your phone beside your bed, uh, charge it up in the kitchen and leave it down there till the next morning. It's just too tempting to look at it all the time. So my advice for people as far as the relationship you have with your phone is, again, to just appreciate the fact that you are in charge. You create your own schedule and relationship with your technology in your house. And the same thing applies to your kids. You're probably paying for your internet connection. And so you have to start to decide how that's going to be used in the home and who's going to be in charge of it. And thankfully, there's lots of technology that allows you to do just that. That's great. Well said, Amber. Thanks for sharing all your tips with us. And thanks for coming on to Tech Insights. Thanks so much for having me. And for our listeners, remember that you can subscribe to Tech Insights. You can find us on Spotify and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Jackson.